welcome to Rackhouse Ramblings. I'm Jeff, and thanks for listening. I hope you like that intro. Uh, that was just me on the guitar. Uh, it took me probably about 100 different takes to get that, and I'm still not happy with it, but uh, I had to have some sort of introduction. I just didn't want to do a cold uh, introduction into the uh, podcast. But here we go. Uh, this is episode number one. I'll try to make, it, uh, make this podcast interesting and fun, maybe even a little educational. It's been a long time... Uh, uh, this podcast has been in the talking stages for quite a while, as well as the studio we're in. Took a, a little bit of time to build uh, build this all up and get everything ready, and I guess I, I'm ready to jump right in head first. And if you know me, that's how I do things. I jump right in. <laughs> no preparation, no nothing, but here we go. Uh, let's start by telling you a little bit about myself. If you uh, download this podcast and you know me, you can skip forward, I suppose. But if not, uh, here's a little bit about me. I'm a person of many interests. Uh, I make things, I do things, I experience things. Um, I, I'm influenced by uh, all things genuine and all things handmade. Uh, I consider myself a maker, and I can appreciate other makers. Uh, if you can, uh, let's let's put it this way: if you can picture things made of leather, things made of canvas, um, if you were to mix that with things outdoors, maybe even sprinkle uh, a little bow hunting and fly fishing uh, right on top of that, uh, put it all on a plate made of solid oak. Maybe pair it with a good sipping bourbon, uh, and that kind of—that's uh, what I'm about. That would be uh, a pretty good summary of that. And then to top it off, I would share it with good friends, uh, telling stories, shooting the breeze, and having a good time. Uh, now you're in uh, in for a treat, hopefully. Uh, hopefully, I don't stutter too much and uh, say um too much, but we're going to give it a try. So once again, uh, I'm going to emphasize uh, things about being genuine, being authentic, and being truthful. Uh, this is what draws me uh, to certain interests, and um, some of those interests are things like bourbon, uh, leather crafting, uh, believe it or not, sewing, fly fishing, <laughs> uh, traveling, uh, and uh, experiencing things, learning things. Uh, if you know me at all or ask my wife, wherever we go, I like to uh, absorb the culture and learn new things, try new things. Uh, if I'm uh, out of state, out of town, wherever, and uh, I want to try uh, experience in the culture, what's local there. Wherever we go, I'll try and get some of the local cuisine, local drinks, what have you. And uh, I'll hopefully share that with, uh, with everyone on the podcast, you know, tell you about my interests, my hobbies. The only thing I'm going to try and do is uh, reel it in, stay focused, because I can be all over the map. Hopefully each episode I'm going to try and divide up into segments. And uh, we'll see how that format works out. I'm pretty much emulating other shows, other podcasts that I've listened to. So uh, what we'll try and do is come out with something uh, every week, every other week. And uh, the segments, I'm going to try and be a little bit consistent. I'm going to envision like maybe a bourbon segment where I'll do a favorite pick of the week. I'm thinking of doing a travel segment, uh, talk about an upcoming trip or maybe a recent trip that I've taken. Um, I'll also try and do a guest segment where I can bring out... Uh, uh, bring an outside perspective, someone that might be an expert at something, an expert at a, at a certain field. Uh, maybe I can do a, a music segment because I like to dabble a little bit in guitars and pianos and things like that. And uh, maybe a current events segment. Um, some of the other ones that I'm thinking of talking about are maybe what's the podcast that I'm listening to. If there's a book I'm reading that uh, if someone might find it interesting, um, things like that. So that that's what I'm thinking is maybe we'll uh, break it down into segments. Uh, each week we'll try and have some consistency between uh, segments and uh, kind of go from there, just some different subjects every time. So uh, I also want to talk about uh, where I'm at. We're in Northville, Michigan, and 
right now I'm in my home studio. I call it the Bourbon Room. And it's going to be my new uh, world broadcast headquarters. It's in the lower level of our house. And this room uh, used to be a, a uh, uh, what do you call it, not a workout room, but a uh, treadmill room for my father-in-law. This was his room. It was about 8 foot wide by maybe 14, 15 feet long, I think it is. Two, three, yeah, about 14 and a half feet long. And I've specifically built it to uh, look like uh, it's heavily influenced by a bourbon rack house. So that's where I got the name Rackhouse Rambling. So if you were to sit in this room and look around, you would see a lot of bourbon memorabilia. You'd see a lot of pictures of bourbon distilleries, of rack houses, of uh, uh, different uh, distilleries that I've been to. You'll see some memorabilia, a, a bourbon lid from Jim Beam. You'll see some bottles of bourbon on the wall. You'll see a couple guitars hanging around, acoustic and electric amplifiers sitting there. You might see a little, uh, couple of racks for doing uh, bourbon flights. So I took some oak, charred it up with a torch, uh, cut some circles in it, and now we have a bourbon flight uh, tester table, or whatever you might want to call it. Something to hold shot glasses. How's that? Three in a row. Also, I got a little media center, flat screen TV, and some Wi-Fi. Have a whole little display of drinking glasses, whether it's shot glasses, sniffer glasses, uh, bourbon tumblers. For whoever comes in as a guest, they're going to be more than welcome. And you're also going to see some... Uh, uh, bourbon bottles on display that have been uh, drank already that are empty. I, I like to display them with some uh, corn in there so you can see what it's uh, what it's about. So let's keep right on going. Get back to this room. It's specifically built. I've insulated it so it's got some soundproofing, but you may hear some dogs in the background. You may hear some barking. That's going to be pretty normal. Also, let's talk about the title, Rackhouse Ramblings. If you didn't know what a rackhouse was, I'll explain it to you. So Typically, when uh, bourbon is made, they put it into an oak barrel like you've seen on TV and all the commercials. And they take them oak barrels and they store them in a warehouse. And that warehouse is called a rack house. It's a heavy timber post and beam building where all the barrels are stored. It's usually, boy, four, five, eight, ten stories tall, all of barrels. No heating, no cooling. Uh, it's got some windows and a wood floor, wood ceiling. Uh, like I said, all posts and beams. It's a dusty, dingy kind of place. And the barrels sit there and age till they're ready to be drank. And so that's what I made my uh, studio, my bourbon room, to emulate. And so I think that's why I wanted to call it Rack House Rambling. So basically, I'm going to sit here in my little bourbon room and do some rambling. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you have any ideas for things, go ahead and uh, shoot me a text, shoot me an email, give me a ring. Maybe we can talk about it. Uh, the podcast is not here to... <laughs> to make any money by any means uh, and it, it, it's really just something to do for fun something that I've been dabbling around in I kind of enjoy it and uh, I, I guess I'd consider it a nonprofit. but if you want to be a sponsor there'll be no money exchanging hands there'll be nothing like that but you can uh, come on down here and be on my show and in return I will give you a plug so whether you're a real estate guy a charter boat captain uh, whatever a salesperson come on down be a guest and I will plug you as a sponsor so that being said, uh, we're a few minutes into it now. What I'm going to do is take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. This is Rackhouse Ramblings, episode number one. Welcome back. So one of the segments I want to uh, get into is about podcasts. Of course, this is a podcast, but... Uh, I listen to uh, quite a few different podcasts because I have quite a few different interests. And I thought maybe I'd share that with everyone out there. A few of the people 
I've mentioned it to a few of my friends know the podcasts I listen to, but if not, I'm going to kind of go through a few things, a uh, few of the podcasts that I listen to. The most common one that I'm faithful and loyal to is called Meat Eater by Steve Rinella. Um, Meat Eater is a, a podcast about outdoors, about uh, hunting, about fishing, about uh, all different subjects that relate to the outdoors and things that I'm interested in. He, he has uh, quite a few different guests, not just uh, hunting people or fishing people, but also uh, professors, biologists, entomologists, uh, politicians, uh, everyday people. Uh, and these are all things that are interesting to me. I like it. He has a different perspective. One of the things I like is that uh, he has a recipe book on uh, how to cook wild game other than making venison chili or venison pot roast or venison sausage, uh, doing different things with different cuts of meat, whether it be osobuco or uh, deer tongue or things of things like that. It's all different cuts, and I kind of like that, and I like experimenting with that. And I hope to use more of the deer that I harvest, um, and that's one of the ways to do it instead of uh, putting it out in the gut pile for the uh, the coyotes and foxes to eat. So. Then again, check it out, Meat Eater by Steve Rinell. That's one of my favorite podcasts. Another one I listen to, uh, and if you know me, you know I probably mentioned I'm so deep down this rabbit hole. It's uh, regarding Curse of Oak Island. So the name of the podcast is called Diggin' Oak Island. And this podcast, I think the guy's name is Dave McBride, and he reviews the past week, past week's episode from uh, the History Channel and talks about it. What I like is that he goes a little bit more in-depth and catches a few things that maybe I might have missed and uh, uh, goes uh, more um, in the background of what's happening, the different characters and things like that. And if you know me, you know that I'm really into Oak Island. I really enjoy that. And uh, it's um, something that really interests me, and I'm sure one day I'm going to go there and visit it. And if you know me too, I've, I've read a stack of books on all the different theories of Oak Island, but um, I enjoy that podcast. This is about 30 minutes long, uh, not too uh, uh, not too long to bore you, but it keeps me interested. I can usually listen to it uh, during my ride into work or ride home from work. So check it out. Dig in Oak Island is one of my favorites. Another one of my favorites is kind of new. is called The Office Ladies. Now, what I like about this one is that uh, it talks about one of my favorite shows, The Office. Now, when it first came out, I absolutely loved it, and now they're showing reruns, and I'm still in love with it. My wife and I can sit and watch hours and hours, literally, of The Office, and we both laugh hysterically. The topics that were uh, current and funny, you know, eight, nine years ago when it was on, are still relevant and still funny, and we really enjoy it. So this podcast is hosted by two of the actors that were on the show, the Jenna Fisher, Angela Kinsey, and they uh, review each show, I should say, um, go more in depth on each episode and they will tell you uh, who wrote it, who directed it, uh, about the props, where it was, uh, the location it was shot at, and things like that, and some of the character plots and character development. And uh, we find it really, really interesting and things that we didn't know is uh, they tend to talk about who was the writer and the writer influences the show, of course. And a lot of times, um, some of the writers actually uh, characters in the uh, episode. So we, I like that show quite a bit. They're usually about 30, 45 minutes, and lately they've been bringing in um, guest uh, people, guest speakers or guests, period, I should say, and uh, the guests are usually somehow involved in that episode, and they get to give you a little behind-the-scenes information. So if you like The Office, check out The Office, ladies. You'll really like that one. 
So uh, let's we'll kind of change subjects. That's kind of what I do. But uh, one podcast to listen to is about NHL hockey. It's called Spit and Chicklets. And if you're an NHL guy like myself, I'm really I really like watching hockey. Check it out, Spit and Chicklets. And one of the things I like about that is that it's very uh, conversational. And it looks like they record this kind of roundtable. The guys sit around and talk about hockey. And they'll talk about the week's past uh, uh, events and what was going on and who was traded and who was injured and uh, who scored and what have you. And then they also do a segment where uh, they interview somebody. And the interviews are usually pretty interesting. So they'll do a, a talking interview and then more talking, and that would be the show. Excuse me. And they will uh, usually last about hours, sometimes two-hour shows. Um, and I don't mind that. I don't mind the long episodes. Some people do. I don't. Another one I've listened to, there's one called uh, Fred Bear, where they read the uh, chapters out of a Fred Bear biography. I like that one as well. And then uh, what else do I listen to? How about um, Week in Review with uh, Ryan Callahan? He's from uh, the uh, Meat Eater crew. So I've got quite a, a different mix on, uh, <laughs> on my uh, podcast. Oh, Stuff You Should Know. I like that one, and stuff uh, they don't want you to know, that's another one I like. And another one I listen to is called Sports Criminals, and that one talks about uh, athletes uh, that have committed crimes, and they kind of review it. It's kind of a true crime thing, but I thought it was interesting because they had the Lance Armstrong uh, uh, story, they had the Tanya Harding story, and on and on, and it, that's another one that's kind of interesting. So those are the podcasts I'm listening to, and uh, I suggest I, I think you should check them out, Meat Eater, Digging Oak Island. Office Ladies, Spitting Chicklets, Fred Bear, Stuff You Should Know, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, and uh, Sports Criminal. So that's that's my segment on uh, podcast, and uh, we'll take a break right there, and we will be right back. Okay, and we're back. This is uh, another segment of Rackhouse Ramblings, episode number one. This segment is the travel segment. Uh, the next trip uh, Ann and I have planned is to do some backpacking in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I've, uh, I've backpacked uh, one time, that was last summer, and hiked the Pictured Rocks Trail, which is, I think it was 42 miles, 43 miles, something like that. It was three nights, four days, and uh, myself with some of the guys from work uh, did, our, did my first backpacking trip where you uh, hike from Grand Marais all the way to Boy, what was it? Munising, Michigan. So the trail follows the uh, Lake Superior shoreline. And it's really, uh, I told Ann, it's more or less like walking, carrying weight. There wasn't uh, a lot of strenuous climbing or anything like that. So I enjoyed it, and I recommended to her, or asked her, and she agreed to go on this trip with us for our 30th wedding anniversary. And uh, it's in the Smoky Mountains. We're going to hike a section of the Appalachian Trail that goes through uh, Rocky, uh, Smoky Mountain National Park. Now, the Appalachian Trail is you know, over 2,000 miles from end to end, and part of it goes through the Smoky Mountain National Park. And it's uh, looking on the website here. Let's see here. I'm at uh, hikingthesmokies.com, and they talk about the trail that uh, there's 71 miles that goes through uh, Smoky Mountain National Park. So we decided to go on a guided uh, backpacking trip through REI, and uh, we won't know exactly what portion of the trail we're going to do until we show up uh, the evening before. We're going to meet at a hotel, and they're going to talk about the trip, where we're going to 
uh, start and where we're going to finish, things of that nature. They're also going to handle the arrangements for our food and uh, camping and things like that. So what we found out is that uh, along the trail, you can't just uh, pitch a tent wherever you want. They have designated camping areas and they have designated camp shelters for you to sleep in. So it's really just a lean-to with a platform in it. But uh, the way it's set up, there are multiple people that will be sleeping uh, in the shelter. So uh, in theory, we could be sleeping next to strangers that we don't know. It doesn't... Uh, uh, it might be a little uncomfortable, I guess, but that's why you do things like this and get out of your comfort zone. But um, we're all going to be in our own sleeping bags. But one of the <laughs> concerns is snoring and uh, being able to get any sleep. Uh, so we're going to bring earplugs, I guess. That's going to be the solution for that. So their uh, REI is going to arrange for that. They're also going to arrange for the meals, which I'm pretty sure are going to be the dehydrated uh, uh, camping meals where you just add water. So uh, a little, looking a little bit more into that trip we're going in March and I want to say boy the dates escape me but I think it's the third week in March and so we're really not sure what the weather's going to be is it going to snow is it going to be cold is it going to be hot uh, we'll find out the week before but we're planning for cooler weather especially at night into the 30s possibly in the 20s uh, who knows and it depends on the elevation and uh, after doing some research it sounds like your, your first day is uh, pretty much your climbing day. So on that day, you may go up a few thousand feet, and then after that, you're going to be at elevation, and the trail runs along the ridge tops and the top of the hills or mountains or what have you, and then your last day will be on the way down. So really, the first day is probably going to be the toughest. Uh, we're planning on carrying our backpacks uh, with about 30 pounds, and that sounds like a lot because it is a lot. Uh, and went today to REI for a fitting on a backpack, and what uh, an educational experience that is. I, I'm using a hand-me-down Kelty uh, external frame backpack, and she is using a brand spanking new Deuter, Dieter, something uh, backpack, and she had it fitted to her and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I didn't realize what was involved in getting a backpack fitted to you. And uh, it was really quite eye-opening. And uh, the folks down at REI here in uh, Northville really did a good job and took the time uh, to... Uh, make sure everything fit and felt good. We put some weight in it, walked around, and uh, she's all set. So uh, we're, I'm looking forward to the trip. She's hesitant and, and uh, shows some concern, but I'm, I'm going to assure her it's going to be all right. We're going to uh, experience this and hopefully uh, do something else after that, but especially by the time we bought all this equipment and did all this training, uh, things like that. So upcoming trip, Smoky Mountain National Park, Appalachian Trail, three nights, four days in March. Stay tuned. We will let you know how that goes. Uh, and uh, I guess that's it. We'll uh, stay tuned. Be right back with another segment. Okay, we're back. This is Rackhouse Ramblings. And uh, this might be one of my favorite segments uh, that I'm looking forward to here. This is the... Uh, bourbon segment where we are going to spotlight a bourbon. Uh, so this week uh, I'm spotlighting a, a bourbon that I really enjoy. Uh, I'm a little bit biased. When when uh, years ago Ann and I went to uh, Louisville, we stayed a night in Louisville and did a, a bourbon distillery tour in downtown Louisville of Evan Williams called Evan Williams Experience. And that was the first time uh, uh, I'd ever done anything like that. First time I've ever really sat and learned about bourbon 
And uh, there was a gentleman there that did the tour for us, was so helpful and so educational and really opened my eyes to what bourbon is and what it's about. Uh, it's more than just a drink. It's, it's almost like a lifestyle, like an attitude. And uh, it, during the tour, they, uh, of course, let you taste bourbon, but they let you taste, uh, I want to say it was two or three different bourbons. Now, they were all Evan Williams. There's Evan Williams uh, Black Label. Uh, uh, but one of the things that I learned about was called a, a single barrel, and that's what we're going to sample here tonight. It's called Evan Williams Single Barrel Vintage. And I learned about this during the tour, and I learned that uh, when you buy bourbon, there's different grades, different types, uh, and you have to really read the label. So what I found out is that uh, my flavor palette and the things I like tend to be what's called single barrel bourbons. And that means that... Uh, they just take the barrel, open it, uh, clean it up, run it through some filters, and barrel it. Uh, typically, bourbons and whiskeys are mixed together, blended. So, for example, if you bought uh, uh, Jack Daniels, that would be, you know, 50 or 100 barrels all put together, mixed up together, and that tastes, that's the Jack Daniels. Uh, and that would be like their regular black label. Now you can buy a Jack Daniels single barrel where they, the master distiller has said, you know, the, all these barrels in our rack house are Jack Daniels. But this particular one is, is uh, above the rest. It tastes better than the rest, so we're going to sell it as a single barrel. And the same is with, uh, with uh, Evan Williams, the same as with Bullet, the same as with Buffalo Trace. All these different uh, distilleries will do a single barrel. Uh, Blanton's is nothing but single barrel. So what I found out on that uh, distillery tour is that I really enjoy... Evan Williams Single Barrel Vintage, and so that's what we're going to do right now. I've got the bottle in front of me, and uh, I'm going to read something. It has some literature attached to the neck of the bottle, and it goes like this. Typically, bourbon is a blend of many barrels. Bourbon bottled from a single barrel is categorized as single barrel bourbon. Evan Williams Single Barrel Vintage Bourbon, however, is much more. It's the only single barrel bourbon bottled with a vintage date to provide proof of age and the subtle year-to-year -year distinctions found in fine wines. What a difference a date makes. So when you buy this bottle and you look at it, it will tell you on the back of the bottle, uh, it was barreled on January 17, 2012. It was barrel number 199. It was bottled on January 9, 2020, just a few months ago. Uh, it also says on the label, this bourbon was personally selected by our master distiller only after meeting his exacting standards for this vintage. Taken from a single barrel, it is the art of bourbon making at its finest. Bottled, unblended with other barrels to preserve its individuality. Hand-numbered as a sign of its limited availability. So like it says, 2012 single barrel vintage from Evan Williams. So we're going to try it out right here. I also went to their uh, webpage, and, uh, you know, you read their literature. I wanted to do a little bit of research on it. It's 86.6 proof. Uh, they list the color as a delicate amber gold. I would say it looks, uh, it reminds me <laughs> of, a, of, a, of a beer color almost. Uh, what else say here? The nose is a dark caramel, sweet oak, and charred wood. The taste is lush and spicy, oak with honey, apple, orange, apple and orange notes. And then the finish is long, graceful, and relaxed. So let's talk about that for a second, the finish. So if you were to typically uh, 
throw back some whiskey, throw back some bourbon, whether it be Jim Beam, Evan Williams, uh, Jack Daniels, what have you. Uh, that burn that you feel is called the finish. So when you throw it down your throat, you're like, whoo, that burns. And you, you might even cough a little bit. That's called the finish. So what you find out is that as you buy a better grade of bourbon, the finish is much smoother. So on something like this, this single barrel, Evan Williams, the finish is absolutely no burn. It is smooth. It is delightful. It is warm. So what I like when I take a sip of it, it goes down smooth and I get this really warm and especially in my cheeks, um, a nice warm finish. And I really like that. There's no gagging. There's no burning. There's no coughing, nothing like that. And I found that is common in single barrel bourbons. So here we go. We're going to open this up and take a, uh, take a sip of it. All right. If you could only smell what I smell. So I'm, what I'm doing is smelling it, trying, and they call that the nose. And you know, like it says on their website, at uh, evanwilliams.com they say dark caramel sweet oak and charred wood and when i smell it i almost smell a little bit of vanilla or butterscotch also so let's take a sip and see what we think i know what i'm going to think i like it already but hopefully uh, you guys like it as well mm-hmm I love that finish. So while we're also looking at this, uh, bourbons and whiskeys, uh, all alcohols have what's called a mash bill. And really that's the recipe that goes into this. So to be bourbon, there has to be 51% corn in the mash bill. And looking at Evan Williams single barrel, they have a, a mash bill that calls for corn, rye, and barley. That's it. Corn, rye, barley, water. Those are, that's all that goes in there. Yeast. So corn, rye, barley, 78% uh, corn, 10% rye, and 12% barley. That is it. That's one of the things uh, that I like about bourbon is that it's so simple and so honest. Uh, not much to it, but man, uh, what comes out at the end is unbelievable. And now, when they put it in the barrel, it is absolutely clear grain alcohol. Looks just as pure, clear as water. And when it comes out, it comes out that really nice amber color. So when they put it in the barrel, the barrel is charred by fire. And when uh, you're a master, when you're a distillery, you can order uh, the barrels charred however you like them because most of the distilleries order barrels from another company. And that company will send you the barrel already charred to your specification. And you say, specification, what do you mean? Well, I can determine how long I want that barrel held to the fire and get charred like charcoal. So there's levels one, two, three, and four. And it turns out that Evan Williams uses a char level of four. And uh, each master distiller has their own little secret recipe, however they want to char it, you know, however long, one, two, or three, or four. And that helps to determine the flavor. And another interesting note I found on this website uh, is uh, the barrel proof entry. So when it goes into the barrel, it's 125 proof. And when we buy it on the shelf, it's 86.6. So the only way they can adjust that is by adding more water. That is it. There's no other additives, no colors, no flavors, no nothing. So right out of the barrel, add some water so it's not so hot, and 
There you have it, single barrel oven Williams. That does it for this week's Spotlight, and that does it for this week's show. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back in about a week uh, with some new topics, new segments, and uh, we'll see you later. Thank you.